Welcome back to episode three of the Vegan Vows podcast. I'm your host, Andy Gregory. And I'm Devin. My co-host. Co- <laughs> uh, I just want to start off by thanking everyone for all of the questions and feedback that we got after the first couple episodes posted. It was really great hearing from everybody, and we actually got some good thoughts and ideas for future topics and, and episodes. Um, Devin, were you surprised by how much feedback we got? Yeah, and I think from people I wouldn't have expected feedback from. Yeah, it was um, it was it was really great. So um, it actually gave us some some ideas for future topics and, and episodes, and um, actually there was a lot of requests for um, a better understanding of how we even started cooking plant based, um, you know, things that we've learned along the way. So you know, in order to give the people what they want, let's just jump right into it. Give the people what they want. Devin, what were we eating? Take us back four, four-ish years ago. What were we actually eating on a day-to-day basis? Actually, I have a hard time remembering, except that I'm pretty sure I exclusively cooked in a wok for a year. Yeah, right. <laughs> lots of stir-fries, lots of teriyaki, um, and pasta and marinara. Yeah, a lot of pasta with uh, with tomato sauce. I mean, our stir-fries were pretty pretty straightforward. It was it was usually zucchini, a bell pepper, or some sort some sort of pepper. And pasta and rice with teriyaki sauce. You weren't sauce. eating mushrooms back then, were you? Probably not. I was, yeah, I was pretty picky back then. I think you still think I'm pretty picky now, but um, <laughs> compared to me, yeah. So, but uh, I would say over half of our dinners for the first couple of months were certainly just some sort of stir fry. And there were many nights I had just tortilla chips and salsa for dinner. Yeah, <laughs> uh, the the Trader Joe's uh, what still kind of so good. The Trader Joe's authentic like, uh, authentic salsa, salsa with uh, with tortilla chips was a staple. That was a pretty standard snack. Good. So we are we are consider ourselves lucky that we don't live close enough to a Trader Joe's for me to frequent that. You know, and and you know you had been vegetarian for a while, but we were both still eating before we went vegan. Eggs, I was still eating. Um, uh, I didn't have a lot of bacon, but I, I was still eating a ton of eggs every day. I mean, it was... You had a lot of eggs, a lot of chicken yeah, still. Yeah, but I'm saying for breakfast. It oh, was mostly yeah, breakfast. It was mostly eggs and fruit, um, and you were still eating eggs. So I think when when we first switched, you know, off of the, um, you know, eggs and dairy and everything else, it was like, what do we, what do, we do? What do you for breakfast? Yes, and aside from, you know, just cereal. Oatmeal sounds so boring. Yeah, I was never a big oatmeal guy, and, you know, just looking at it, like, slop into people's bowls just grossed me out, and it never really looked that appealing, and I was kind of forced to try it, and it was one of those things where, you know, I, I tried it, and I was like, oh, that's actually not that bad, and then, you know, your first bowl of oatmeal is just oatmeal, but now, you know, I'm adding in pumpkin seeds, walnuts, cashews, fruit, you know, all sorts, you know, flax, chia, hemp seeds, all sorts of stuff. So say that 10 times fast. Yeah. But I think ultimately like it was a pretty big shock to me because I was just always a big eater of eggs in breakfast. Um, So, um, so yeah, that was, that was a pretty big shock. Yeah. Our our oatmeal now is pretty gourmet. There's nothing I won't add into it. Yeah. It's fancy. Um, But you know, I, I would say I don't remember feeling that overwhelmed. I remember feeling a little lost and just being like, well, what do I what do? I, do? I, I guess I have to try this like this new thing that I haven't really been, been into. Um, but then after a couple of weeks of doing it, you know, whether it was oatmeal or, you know, the stir fry or just eating more vegetables, it just, just kind of became normal, right? Well, I think when you're not comfortable with recipes or like having your own type of recipe, when you're a meat eater, it's really common for you to eat a piece of meat and a side of vegetable and you don't need a recipe for that. And so people get really comfortable with just, you know, having things on hand and just eating things to become full. And when you 
first go vegan, you're like, oh, what, what goes together? How do I make a full meal? I'm going to be so hungry if I only eat vegetables. And I think we, we did a pretty good job of not eating a ton of processed foods, you know, when we first made the switch. Except the chips. <laughs> well, yeah, aside from the excessive amounts of chips and salsa, but uh, we, had, we had done it primarily for health. So I think we were already on the whole food train where we were trying to, you know, make use of actual foods um, and not the processed stuff. We also weren't aware I didn't know it all existed. Um, yeah, like we, we were so new, we didn't know about, you know, the the vegan nuggets and ice cream and yogurt and all sorts of stuff. I mean, pretty much any any food you eat today, there's I'm there's gonna a be so hungry vegan. after this podcast. <laughs> yeah, right. um, but we we weren't really aware of them, so we weren't really you know going to the grocery store looking for them specifically. So you know, we we did a pretty good job of eating whole foods. Now, I mean, even just versus four years ago, it is so easy to. I eat, also don't think I had get vegan junk food. Had like tofu. No, absolutely not. Or tempeh. I had no idea what tempeh was. No. Seitan. Like, what are these things? If you had asked me to eat that the first couple of weeks or even months of being vegan, I would have been like, no way. Fermented soybeans, though, no way. I'm touching, you know, tofu, tempeh, um, seitan, things like that. Um, So, yeah, it was a lot of fruits, a lot of vegetables, uh, a lot of grains. Um, But I would say, you know, for anyone out there who's, like, just getting started and and trying to make, um, whether it's smaller steps or bigger steps, it can feel overwhelming, um, we didn't feel totally overwhelmed, but it, it's, we definitely felt lost and it gets easier. I mean, just, just like anything else. Um, I know it's easier, you know, it's kind of not that helpful to, to hear that it gets easier, but just like any other significant like lifestyle change where you're trying to break a habit, um, it just gets easier. If you stick with it, you keep trying, you don't have to be perfect. And then over time, things will just become a little bit easier. There's a learning curve. Yeah. And you know, we'll, we'll give kind of some summary uh, recommendations, you know, at the end of this. But, um, you know, you can start off small by just, you know, replacing, you know, your current foods with, you know, vegan alternatives. Like we said earlier, there's a vegan option for pretty much anything. Um, obviously, a lot of whole foods. But if you, if you want to start out by just replacing some of the processed foods you're eating with vegan alternatives, then that's a really, you know, simple first step. So what do we eat now? Let's talk about you know, I think we eat such a variety of foods now. Like, let's first just lead off with what's in our pantry and fridge. What are the staples? You know, because you do, I would say, 75% of the grocery shopping. <laughs> and when I go, I'm buying a bunch of, you know, vegan junk food. So why don't you, you know, uh, lead us off with kind of what we usually have? Okay. We actually had a, a process in, in mind where we were going to do every other grocery trip was sans any processed food. That was tougher than it sounded. That was also because <laughs> you and I usually took turns going grocery shopping, and I was always the one buying, you know, You always come home with snacks. <laughs> yes, you always come home with snacks. Um, yeah, so I think what's interesting about our pantry is it's kind of evolved over time um, because I used to have, like, hundreds of different random things that were in the pantry from recipes that I used to, you know, just buy for that recipe and then use a little bit of it, and then it sits in your pantry completely forgotten about until another recipe calls for it. And you forget you have it and you buy a second one. I can't stand that. I hate <laughs> like, I hate throwing away food. It drives me nuts. Yeah. So we, we have gone through a lot of iterations of how to do this. And one of the biggest things was like just organizing our pantry so we could see everything. So we knew what was in there. Um, but the second thing was kind of getting comfortable with what our staples were going to be. You know, what are our favorite nuts to eat? What is the flour that you and I like to use the most? Um, and then you know, what kind of grains do we eat really frequently? But still enough variety that we get diversity within our diet. So when I go to the grocery store, I'm spending most of my time in the produce, right? I'm literally any fruit, because obviously the girls will eat any fruit. You and I will eat almost any fruit. Um, I always have some sort of green sprout. um, And then 
we pretty much have our staples around, you know, hummus, wraps, some yogurt, um, some bread. I'm gonna <laughs> like try. I'm gonna try to. I'm gonna try to bring it like higher level too, just just to make it easier on like what what's in the pantry. You know, what are the the things that we always have and. Um, and just add in where I'm missing something because, again, you, you know better what we're actually buying. But, you know, um, grains, there's always a plethora of rice and quinoa and pasta that we have, you know, especially pre, pre uh, or during COVID, I think in the first couple of weeks, we loaded up on, on grains because they're so, they're so shelf stable. And yet we were, they were gone in like five days. Yeah, yeah, we've been eating a lot of pasta these days. Uh, but a ton of grains because they're really shelf stable. They, they uh, If you buy like dry, you know, um, uh, you know, dry lentils or, well, that's a little green, but if you dry, buy dry rice or pasta or anything else, it's going to last a while. Uh, dried fruit, um, it might seem expensive, but it holds for a while and is it's great for snacking. Um, I have a true addiction to dry yeah. pineapple. Yeah, you've, you've got the pineapple. I'm a huge mango, dried mango fan. Um, pasta sauces, again, just going along with, with the pasta. Um, you know, it's kind of our new stir fry. We'll cut up a couple of vegetables, throw it into a, uh, like a pasta dish and uh, do it that way. And then nuts and seeds. Um, you know, I think we've got preferences. You know, you and I could house two pounds of pistachios if they were in front of us, but mm-hmm. we've got a wide variety that will add to salads, to oatmeal, to um, sauces, like anything. So pumpkin seeds, cashews, pistachios, walnuts, uh, pecans, and they're just in little like containers. Mm-hmm. And then I also have some like other dried fruit to your point that I yep. add to my oatmeal, like dried coconut, uh, goji berries, raisins, sometimes cranberries or cherries. I really am getting hungry talking about yeah, all this. Yeah, and th- and I'd say the last thing that you that you know we always kind of have to have are the spices and sauces, like uh, like sauces. So we've got, you know, uh, oh, nutri- please don't make me name all our spices. The nutrition, <laughs> okay. yeah, no, no, I'm not going to make you name, but the the ones that we use like the most, you know, yeah. we've um, we've got nutritional yeast, we've got a couple like spicy, um, like peppery type seasonings that we'll put into to different things. We've always got teriyaki sauce, soy sauce, hot sauce. I'm a big hot sauce guy. I was just going to say, aside from snacks, you always bring home some sort of spice mix that I've never heard of. <laughs> and it doesn't even, like, it could be a like what they normally would call, like, a chicken rub or something. But whatever the spice yeah. mix is, you just come home with some sort of new spice mix. Yeah. I think one of the things that I've learned is, you know, we don't we don't crave animal meat. You know, like, it's, um, you know, a lot of people will say, like, oh, I just really crave chicken. Like, no, you don't. Because if you saw a chicken literally running across your yard, you wouldn't chase it down and just start eating it right away. Like, you know. Uh, you know, natural, natural carnivores, you know, crave animal meat. You know, we, we crave flavors like uh, sweet and savory and fatty and salty, things like that. So ultimately what I've learned is that it comes down to the seasoning. Um, and it's the same way, even if you're eating meat or eggs or whatever, like you're not eating raw meat, you're eating that meat that's cooked and seasoned and marinated and all sorts of stuff. And you can always replicate that on plant foods. So um, that's another thing is the seasoning. So again, grains, dried fruit, pasta sauces, nuts, seeds, uh, and then whatever seasonings you think you can kind of you know, keep yourself interested in. And then we was, other than that, it's just like milk, broth, um, beans, like all of our canned stuff. We have lots of canned beans, corn. I mean, we could go on and on, yeah, right? Yeah. Our freezer section has um, a lot of stuff for smoothies, and we have our, our bread in there and a couple other like meals that we've figured out that we like you know, from certain brands as a quick go-to. Yeah, so let's talk about some of the meals that we've, you know, um, that have become staples for us. Well, you're the mac and cheese guy. I found a good mac and cheese. There's, and just like with non-vegan food, there's 
you know, dozens of ways to make the same dish. You know, we found a, a really good mac and uh, cashew based mac and cheese that uh, that we really like and really importantly, our kids like. And it's um, filled with vegetables. Right. The sauce primarily, it's got a couple of seasonings in it, but it's really just um, uh, it's carrot, potatoes, cashews, onion. And onion and like nutritional yeast. And like that's it. You blend it all up. And you get cashew cheese, and then you put that on like a chickpea pasta or something like that, and it's great. So the kid doesn't even know that, you know, she thinks she's getting mac and cheese, and she is, but, you know, it's really just vegetables and legumes. So um, that's, a, that's a good one, the mac and cheese. Uh, we also found a vegan lasagna recipe that we really like. Still my favorite. I yeah. think of anything we make. Um, uh, you've found a pancake recipe that is super simple, but also, again, a, a, nutritious. a family favorite and nutritious which I think at its simplest form, you add a bunch of stuff like yeah. for nutrition, but what is it as, at its core? Yeah, it's it's one banana, half a cup of oats, and a fourth a cup of like nut milk is the base. Yeah. Over time, I've gone crazy with it and add greens and nuts and seeds and things like that until I can get a consistency that's still pancakey, but full and of I, nutrition, but ultimately very simple. And I, I would say, and I'm curious what your thoughts are, I would say 95% or more of the recipe inspiration we get comes from Instagram at this point. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I mean, Pinterest for me. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I, yeah. I don't use Pinterest, <laughs> but it's all Instagram for me pretty much. Uh, you know, I, I have a couple, um, you know, uh, Instagram handles that I'll follow for recipes specifically. And then when one comes up like chocolate cake or new mac and cheese or Buffalo cauliflower bites or something that looks really good, I'll just save it. And then when we're thinking about what we want to do for shopping or make a dish, like I'll just go into the, mm -hmm the archive of saved recipes and we'll just pick a couple. Other than that, it'd be if we have a very specific type of food on hand and we're trying to find a recipe that we can use for it or a very specific dish in mind, then we'll Google it. Yeah. My, my recommendation would be not to buy cookbooks. You know, we bought a lot of cookbooks thinking that they were going to be our new Bibles for vegan cooking and we ended up just never really using them. Uh, you can just Google vegan, you know, insert whatever food name you want to like make, you know, whether it's lasagna or nuggets or whatever, there's, there's going to be a vegan recipe online. Um, you Unless know. you prefer paper in the kitchen. So yeah, in, yeah. in many ways, like I have the people I do follow on Instagram do have books, right? Cookbooks. And if I already know I like their recipes, then if I prefer to have books in the kitchen, you can just buy that once you've made a couple of their recipes. Yeah. That's fair. Wait, okay, let's, why don't we stop here and you actually give some of your favorite Instagram handles that you follow. Uh, I will, maybe I'll include those in the show notes because I'm thinking of them offhand. I don't think I have them offhand. So um, I have a few. Okay. I'll talk some. Yeah, share some. <laughs> um, so I, I think everyone has their own like type of vegan food that they prefer. For me, I really like following people that really maximize the amount of nutrition in their food, whereas other people might just be maximizing like the taste and the savoriness, you know, whatever it is. Guilty. Guilty. Um, so I really like um, some followers like uh, Deliciously Ella or Ella Vegan. There's Minimalist Baker. Um, and then if you want to get into batch cooking or something where you're making like a lot of a lot of food at once, um, the Happy Pair have a lot of really great recipes where they're doing that live, like on a YouTube channel even, of just a ton of food at one time so you can have your lunches made for the entire week. What, how would you describe the difference in the diversity of foods that we ate like in the beginning versus what we eat now? Like in the number of foods, the types of foods, things like that. Um, if you, I mean, the fact that we now lean on some companies and brands, actually, I would say add a lot of diversity to what we eat. Um, and we have been more willing to try 
like produce and things that we would maybe not have tried before. They become our staples. Mm-hmm. But like I, I don't I don't know if I'd put a number on it, but a, a ton because you're you're replacing like a very high caloric, you know, piece of food that was once on your plate, and it was yeah. the same thing over and over again with something you know a, a variety of different other. What, what I think about is you know like I was I was a huge meat eater and ate a lot of eggs and. When I think back to, to, to the meals I was eating, it was some form of chicken, maybe a vegetable like broccoli that I steamed and like salted, which ended up not even tasting that great anyway. And then, you know, brown rice or quinoa. That was, you know, not every night, but a lot of nights it was some form of like, the, you know, chicken, rice and um, and a vegetable. And now, you know, when I first when we first went vegan, you know, I felt like it was somewhat restrictive because you're like, oh, my God, I, all these things that I used to you know, eat every day you know, I, I can't eat these anymore. So what am I going to do? And I think at this point, you, you know, and it took probably six to 12 months to start figuring this out, but like the amount of plant foods that there are, that are available, like not even including the junk food, not even including the processed foods, just the amount of plants that are available. It's something that's like something like 20,000 different edible plants that are readily available in, you know, grocery stores, you know, around the country. Like the diversity in foods is just, it's so much greater than it ever was before I went vegan, you know, when I first started vegan, like I just I can't even describe to you how much more diversity and uh, nutrition that we get now versus what we did before. Well, I also think I think a lot of the the plant plant foods that are calorie dense mm-hmm. were foods I never really had in my diet. Like mm-hmm. I, I don't I can't even remember if I ate beans, you know, prior to becoming vegan, like very frequently, if at all, except at like maybe a Mexican restaurant. You're saying like in a burrito loaded with sour cream right. and cheese and and then chicken. You know, I I definitely never touched like a lentil. I rarely ate quinoa. Yeah. Um. I honestly didn't even really eat nuts. I mean, I would snack maybe on like roasted cashews every once in a while, but I never ate any other. Yeah, variety. I, th- I think the the bottom line is you know on this particular pieces, just the, the sheer amount of options available. And you don't see it in the beginning. You might not be that aware of it, but, but there's so many more plant foods that you don't, you know, and we're, and we're, you know, we're vegan for, for many reasons, you know, but there's no missing of foods that we used to eat. Right. You know, we get asked a lot, you know, well, do you miss, you know, burgers or hot dogs or, you know, mac and cheese with Velveeta, you know, <laughs> I don't even think people who you know eat that stuff even like Velveeta, but, um, but n- the answer is no, you know, we don't miss it because, you know, just like with anything else, once you stop, you know, consuming it or using it, you kind of forget about it and you have these new things. Like I would have never thought that I'd be eating tempeh bacon on a regular basis, but I love it. I probably eat that. But also if you do want those indulgences, like the vegan versions of them yeah, are, they're pretty good. They're amazing now. Yeah. Like even that in the last three years has gone from, this tastes okay to, I would not be able to tell the difference between this and that, a real burger. Yeah. And it's actually, you know, because we haven't had them in a while and because it tastes so good, there are plenty of times when you and I look at each other, like, could you check the package? Can you make, can you make sure that's a vegan <laughs> are, one? Are we sure this is a vegan can, version? Can, can, go, go find the vegan, you know, stamp on it again. Cause I'm, I'm not sure this is actually vegan. So, um, so yeah, I think, uh, there's a big difference in kind of what we eat, the, the diversity in foods that we eat. Uh, we'll go through some actually, you know, we'll talk about this now actually. So some things that we've learned and, and tips, um, whole plants versus vegan food, right? Let's talk about, you know, Devin, the, you know, for those of you who don't know, Devin is a certified holistic nutritionist. And so why don't you just briefly discuss, you know, when people say, well, it's healthy because it's vegan. <laughs> what would you say? What would you say to someone who says like beyond burger, you know, like it's supposed to be healthy, right? Well, we do talk about this a lot. That's all relative, right? Um, 
a Beyond Burger is definitely healthier than an animal-based burger. Um, but by no means are any of our overly processed foods really good uh, for human health or the human body. Um, whole foods in general should be making up the majority of our, our diets, regardless of regardless of what diet you follow. Um, unfortunately, in the U.S., <laughs> mostly, um, we have a very sad diet, the standard American diet. And I think it was last time I checked, like 60% processed foods for the average American. 60% of their calories come yeah, from processed foods. 60% of their calories coming from processed foods. Um, and it's it's something that we don't really think about much anymore because we're all about convenience, right? Like yeah. no one no one has a lot of time to cook, and that's one of the reasons why I think even more so than maybe previously, like this is so daunting for so many people to try because we're not used to cooking as much as as we used to, or as much as our parents or grandparents used to cook. And when you're not used to it, you you kind of have to pick up a skill you weren't ready to pick up. I'm glad you brought that up. It, cooking used to be a chore. It used to be annoying to me, and, and granted, you know, with two young kids and two dogs who are jumping on me every dinner at dinner every night, um, it sometimes can be like, oh God, I wish I, this was a ten minute prep. But I would say, in general, you and I enjoy cooking much more than we ever used to. It used to be a chore. Now it is definitely more of a, an experience, and I think um, that's that's also a change. I think with just the amount of foods we're eating the amount of flavors that we've learned about, it's actually just more fun to cook these days than it, it was when you're just, you know, cooking chicken in a pan, steaming some vegetables and some rice, and then calling it a night. Yeah, we used to be a lot lazier, and we're also a lot um, more likely to take risks now for some reason. <laughs> like one thing I've noticed, like, I'm let's not see sure if this that tastes you, good with this. I'm not sure that you would describe me as a risk taker when it comes to food, even though I eat thousands of different plant foods. Yeah, you're pretty picky. It is a constant source of tension. Mine's more just like, if I am going to make up a recipe, yeah. I don't really think twice be, you know, about adding something that wasn't in the recipe, right? Yeah. There's, there's so many things that I, I adjust and make my own now, no matter what recipe I'm looking at. Yeah. Never, never ha did I do that prior to becoming vegan. Not that I think that that's some sort of like so thing that comes along with it. but So boiling it down, what we've been talking about for the last two and a half minutes, you know, Focus on the whole foods versus the processed foods, right? That's what that's yeah. what we're trying to say. Like when possible, you know, healthy as much as possible. Quote unquote health or healthy food is is on a scale, right? A banana is healthier, you know, in you know consensus view than you know uh, you know processed pasta, which is healthier than a burger, right? If you're trying to compare, you know, if you want to eat healthy, don't eat a Beyond Burger. If you want to eat healthy, eat a salad. You know, so if you want something that tastes like you know, animal meat, but you're trying to, to wean yourself off of animal-based products, then yeah, have a Beyond Burger. But no one's no one's saying it's healthy. Beyond, I, I'm almost positive they are not marketing it as a health food, right? Um, so, like, you know, it, it just drives me nuts with all these headlines saying, like, Beyond Meat, you know, more salt than animal-based burgers. That's so not healthy. It's like, okay, guys. Well, like, like these 20 markers, there's more salt, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Everything else is. Right. There's, there's you know, we'll, we'll probably talk about that in another episode. But ultimately, like, Neither of them are health foods. If you want to eat healthy, eat whole plants. Um, one ingredient, you know, bananas, apples, vegetables, grains, legumes. You know, if it has an ingredients list, it's a processed food. And generally processed food. And we, don't get me wrong, I love vegan junk food. But generally when things are processed, food is processed, they are taking out good stuff and they are putting in bad stuff. Because it, say that. Because it lasts longer on the shelf. Mm -hmm. It's more profitable. That's just the way that it works. Um so, yeah, so try and focus on the whole plants when possible. Um, how to read food labels. How would you describe, you know, the, the you know, 
how you look at food labels, how you shop, you know, are you reading every single ingredient? How many, is there a limit to how many ingredients you'll allow? Yeah. So, and it's funny because I don't like count or anything, but if I pick something up and turn it around, I think the biggest example or indicator is bread for me, right? What, how many ingredients are in bread? How many ingredients should be in bread? I should say. Four. Yeah. Four. Five, it's like five, I'm guessing. <laughs> it's flour, water, yeast, and salt. Okay. So. Sounds right. Four. Yeah, you did. You did great. Okay. A plus until you changed your answer. Okay. Um, so when you pick up a, a bag of bread, if I turn that around and I see an ingredient list that's any more than, you know, say six or seven, I'm, I'm automatically putting it back because that's just not what it needs to be. Those aren't the ingredients that are needed in that food type. So I'm not looking at the number. I'm normally just looking at the length. If it's really long, I'm not interested. If there are things on it I can't pronounce or have never heard of ever, I normally don't want to eat it. Um, if we're just talking about is it vegan or not, luckily now we have logos and things that will inform yeah. you if they're vegan. The only thing that doesn't come up in the logos is like obviously honey. You always have to kind of look in, in the yeah. in there for honey. And then sometimes casein comes up as a, it's a milk derivative, which Drives does not count as dairy. The so amount of ways that these companies can disguise milk products into these processed foods, it's unbelievable. I mean, it's whether it's whey or casein or confectioner milk, sugar milk powder like there's yeah there's so many different and look uh, let's let's try and keep it simple for everyone yeah. it is a good habit to start looking at the food labels just start there don't and don't look at the nutrition facts right like or, or i guess look at them but but take them into context right like if something says low fat but then it has 47 ingredients probably not a health food okay right. i'm just gonna throw it out there you know like the one that comes to mind that is always you know kind of the poster child for this is is uh, pop tarts I'm pretty sure the Pop-Tarts ingredients list takes the entire side of the box. Mm -hmm. It's like, and I'm not sure who eats silly Pop-Tarts these days. You said that on purpose because you know how much I love Pop-Tarts. Yeah, I know, I know. But like, if you look at this box, it's, it's, it's from what I remember, it was crazy. But yeah, I, I would say just get into the habit. You're, you know, you're probably already looking at the nutrition facts, the fat, the carbs, the protein, things like that. Just scroll a little bit down, you know, and you'll see the ingredients list and you know, if you're seeing a lot of stuff you can't pronounce, if it's taking you five minutes just to get to the bottom, like, just swap it out for something else. Just skip it. Well, even you know? if you want to skip like the ingredient list. So the fastest way to do it is actually to look for just that, that bolded part that says contains because it happens to be that a lot of the times the allergens and mm -hmm. foods are also animal derived. So that my first check is if it says contains and it says milk, I don't have to, I don't have to read the ingredient list right. because I know it's in there. If it says contains eggs, I don't have to read the ingredient list, you know? So that's like an easy call out. That's true. Um, and then so are the logos. Obviously, if it says vegan, I don't have to read the, the label. That's the beauty of it. Um, but yeah, there's there's sometimes very hidden <laughs> hidden messages. I want to share. I want to share an anecdote. You know, like probably two years into being vegan ish, we were at friend's house, and it was late at night, and I was snacking. Um, you know, all the kids had gone to bed, and we were just hanging out, having a couple of drinks, and and you know, I was chowing down on these these. Um, rice chips that were lime flavored and I love these things I've been eating them for years and I think it was you mm -hmm. who grabbed the bag to Sorry. have have one or two or something and you looked at the ingredients and it was milk powder mm -hmm. and you know this again this was two years into being vegan and I'm you know chomping down on this bag of lime rice chips and in my mind you know the couple things are going through number one is 
why the hell is there milk powder in <laughs> rice lime chips? Like, wh- why? I don't understand. And uh, and the second one was just, you know, I was I was pissed. I was just like, this is, I can't I was, believe that, that I didn't I, even that know. That might be one of the worst nights of your life. You were like, not the rice chips. Yeah, and, you know, the other one, I think, was when I found out uh, Line and Kugel Summer Shanty. Summer Shanty was, um, uh, had uh, honey in it. So, um, but yeah. Also I last think, week. Which one? Oh, oh my gosh, yeah. The... Uh, <laughs> So this is another one where you're like, what the hell are they doing? So um, like we said, we have a lot of grains and we don't usually buy couscous, but I, but I really like couscous. And so I, f- I found these like, you're you on know, a couscous kick. Yeah. I found these packets that were like, kind of like the 92nd, you know, rice prep ones. And I was like, okay, this would be great to have for couscous and uh, brought them, ho- bought them, brought them home. And then you again, you know, it's always good to sanity check, double check the ingredients list. Cause I didn't think the couscous would need animal products in it. And it had egg whites in it, I think. And it's like, why, why does couscous Honestly, happen in Honestly, at there? this point, like most processed foods yeah. I end up checking because yeah. it, it's slipped in there. But it's, it's, um, it's notable because I, w- I just want people to know that, you know, this is an ongoing process for us. Even this, we mess up. This stuff is so present. You know, everyone, any, anyone who tells us, you know, I don't even eat that many animal products. You don't even know <laughs> how many animal products you're actually consuming. Trust me, because we are still getting tricked by stuff. You know, I, I doubled and triple check ingredients list. So, you know, um, you don't really know how much you're eating of, of these things until you give it up and you start reading the ingredient labels. That was some, that's, that's something that I've learned. But, yeah, we definitely screw up. It's okay. You get back on track. You learn. You be better. It's not about being perfect. It's just about, mm-hmm. you know, trying to get better, a little bit better every day. Um, so, yeah, food labels, um, important just start reading those, get familiar with them. You won't be perfect right away, uh, but you'll get better. Whole plants versus the the processed foods, ideally. Um, but what about you know not being full all the time? I I went plant based, at, you know, Devin, and I'm hungry all the time. I mean, I actually that happened to me. You know, early on, I felt the same way because I was assuming that I was just increasing my vegetable intake, and at that time, we weren't comfortable with a lot of grains and beans and things that were make that would make you fuller faster. And we also weren't aware that you can eat a lot more. Yeah, <laughs> like you can eat a ton of vegetables in place of, you know, what you were once eating um, because there's a lot fewer calories in it. So I think mostly I added a lot more calorically dense foods to our meals over time. Like even now if I'm making a salad, like what I ate today, right? Um, I'll have greens, but I'll I'll throw on some potatoes, some beans, some, um, you know, a sauce that's like, you know, some sort of, uh, you know, avocado based or something that's just heavier. Yeah. And that makes me full. I'm very full. Yeah. And and that, you know, my my takeaway is that, you know, if, if you're eating whole foods or mostly whole foods, just eat more. It's okay. You know, it's really difficult to eat too many vegetables, too many fruits, you know, too much whole, you know, too many whole grains. Um, if you're eating processed foods, that's a different story. But if, if, you know, I know plenty of people who have gone plant-based eating and they're, they're just like, oh, I'm just hungry all the time. Just eat more. It's okay. You're, you're eating less calorie dense foods with more nutrition. So all you're doing is you're filling up on more nutrition, more fiber. Just a reminder, everyone focuses on protein, but 97% of the U S is deficient in fiber. Nobody eats enough fiber for the most part. Um, so that's, that's what I would just remind people is like, it's, it's okay to eat, you know, more whole foods. If you're hungry, it's okay. Agreed. Um, and in terms of continuing to learn, wh- where are you going for you know ongoing education? You know, are you looking at podcasts? Uh, this are is you re- important, actually. Yeah. 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 So wh- where are you continuing? Because you know, like we've said in a couple different spots here, this is an ongoing 
process for us. So are you still seeking out new information? You know, you're the certified holistic nutritionist. Like, how are you kind of continuing to evolve your understanding of nutrition? And, and Yeah. Students? Well, this also kind of ties to your last question about, like, being full and how much you're eating. Because we both follow um, the Daily Dozen, which is Dr. Greger's you know, checklist based on nutrition information on the foods that you should be eating every day for optimal health. You want to talk about Dr. Greger before you just start throwing his name I just around. love him. Um, <laughs> Dr. Greger, he's the writer of the book, How Not to Die. He, he runs the website, nutritionfacts.org. Um, he also came out with How Not to Diet, and he came out with How Not to Die he's from a, a pandemic. Yeah, he's a very well-known nutritionist. He does a lot of his, his work for free, runs his website for free. Previously worked in donates, infectious disease. Donates his book, Proceeds to Charity. Anyway, he, he does, he and his team, he's yeah. got uh, a couple hundred people that he works with, um, and, you know, he, he deep dives into research and he puts out a lot of content on different, you know, different topics. And so, and he does a podcast. And so I think what you're, you know, getting into is, you know, we kind of follow a lot of that stuff, which helps filter, filter a lot of the information, you know, that yeah. we want to get. Yeah. It, it's synthesizing all of that nutritional information down to here are actually the foods you should be eating in a day. And if you're following those gu guidelines, like the servings that are recommended of whole grains or beans, you're not going to be, you're not going to be hungry yeah. at the end of the day. You know, it's a, it's a diverse set of, of plants, and that's what we follow, and it's kind of gamified, and it's, and it's kind of fun. Yeah, so again, that's the Daily Dozen app. Um, you can get it on, I think, iTunes and Google Play, and it's like 22 or 24 checkboxes of different servings, and um, yeah, it's really easy, and I think even if you're not going to do it every day, it's just a good idea to, you know, to kind of get in a routine or a habit of you know, knowing how many gr uh, servings of different food groups that you probably yeah. need. You know, like for me, like I know that I need to get three servings of like beans and legumes a day, right? So if I know I had some in the morning and some at lunch, all right, I got to get one more in. Even if I'm not doing the app, it still gets me into mm -hmm. habit forming, which is, is really helpful because you don't have to. also helps kind of meal plan sometimes because, yeah. you know, depending what I've eaten, you know, the first half of the day, it helps me figure out what I could put together for dinner that would kind of uh, round out what I've eaten all day. Um, but I think it's safe to say most people aren't hitting their their fruit and vegetable intake right now if they're on like you know a normal diet western diet yeah. so it's just yeah to your point it's just a good reminder to keep having more servings of, of you know fruits and veggies and so so check out that app it might be helpful it might not be but you know for us it's been helpful uh, nutritionfacts.org uh, it's a nonprofit uh, organization led by dr gregor and, and a bunch of other people in the nutrition space um, just go in there there's a lot of content on there so just just google or just start searching on the website for different topics you want to learn about whether that's, you know, eggs and their connection to cardiovascular disease or whether that's, you know, cheese and, you know, whatever. So what, whatever it might be, just go on there and check it out. Uh, again, something that was really helpful for us. We talked a little bit about our Instagram obsession for recipes. Mm -hmm. um, we can probably share some of those. Um, did you actually say the handles that you follow? Yep. Okay. Um, and, uh, and the other one, the other app we wanted to mention was uh, Purple Carrot. Uh, wait, no, not Purple <laughs> Carrot. Yeah. Happy Cow. Uh, sorry, Happy Cow. Happy Cow is, uh, is an app, another app we use um, for, you know, when we are too lazy to cook or we really craving some vegan junk food. Um, Happy Cow is an app that basically does like a, a map search uh, in your area for uh, restaurants with vegan options, vegetarian options. You can say only vegan. You can say vegan options. Uh, and it's really helpful when uh, in a pinch or, you know, you just are looking for something easy and quick. Well, especially if you're someone who hasn't had a lot of vegan food that's been prepared specifically, you know, 
without animal animal foods, yeah. then it can be really eye opening to go to a really great vegan restaurant and right. just see you know what's what what's out there and, and like kind of what what food is capable of tasting like. Yeah, because that makes you kind of excited to try to cook. And uh, I, we live in Philly, and we've you know we've we're a little outside of Philly, but um, I think most people would be surprised at how many plant based options and plant based restaurants are mm-hmm. probably in their cities. I mm-hmm. think it's something that's becoming much more prevalent. Obviously, during COVID, it's probably a little bit more challenging, and I know those businesses, along with a lot of others, are being challenged right now, but. Um, there's there's probably a lot of vegan optioned you know places in your area. So Even our local bagel shop in the last year now has a blackboard of vegan yeah, options. Like yeah. I think it's very surprising how how much more available this so, is becoming. So that's the Happy Cow app, Happy Cow, uh, and then the the last thing that we've really only just started in the last couple of weeks, yeah. and I and I alluded to it in a couple mi- a minute ago was uh, is Purple Carrot, which is one of the meal delivery services that. Um, you know, we started, I think it was three weeks, three or four weeks ago. And, you know, we signed up for three meals a week, a couple servings, and, uh, we've really liked it. I mean, it's, you're, you're de- definitely paying a premium for the ingredients, but they come, you know, p- everyone's probably familiar with these services. They come, everything's all like basically, you know, portioned out. You have exactly what you need. They tell you the recipe. Um, and, uh, you just, you know, usually between 30 and 50 minutes cooking, but I mean, we're not only enjoying the food, but we're learning, you know, different and cooking that's techniques. why we got it, right? It was, was just to kind of branch us out even further on things that we wouldn't have maybe otherwise decided to try from a recipe perspective. Um, even we've talked for the last couple of weeks, like getting comfortable with the herbs that they're using mm-hmm. or like even like the, the fact that they always have something, you know, lemon or lime like added to it. We would have never really thought about or some combinations that they've done. Um, purple carrots, just one of them. There's, there's many meal delivery services, some that are purely vegan, some that have vegan meal options. Yeah. So, you know, depending on where people live. If you can try, if, if you can, you know, if you can swing it, I would definitely try it. I mean, the, the obligation's pretty flexible. I mean, we've, I think we tried it one or two weeks and we're like, ah, it's kind of a lot of money. So we canceled it and then we kind of missed it. And so we got back <laughs> on it. So if you can swing it, try it. You can always cancel. Um, but, you know, we, we've really been enjoying it for the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Uh, we actually look forward to those meals, you know, like on Monday, we'll be like, right, which one do we want to do tonight? You know, and, and we'll kind of plan that out. So um, that's another way to kind of ease your way in and start learning, especially, I mean, I'm trying to think if when we first started, how helpful Purple Care would have been. been great. Instead of just doing our de- terrible stir fries every I feel night. like we haven't actually had a stir fry in like two years because we got so tapped out. No, yeah, <laughs> no, I think it's still a little bit uh, not in the cards. Um, ingredient swaps. Talk to me about ingredient swaps. Yeah, um, I do this a lot. So ori- like originally when I was looking up all these ingredients, particularly I'd say with baking, you know, some, sometimes with regular meals, but particularly with baking, um, a lot of the vegan specific recipes kind of go hand in hand with with ingredients I've never heard of but also just like I said before like just a wide array of different ingredients so if I was looking at you know a muffin depending on what recipe I was looking at it could have been calling for coconut flour or rice flour or like garbanzo bean flour like all these random things and over time what I started realizing is like flour is flour and if they're calling for something sweet you just need something sweet if they're calling for something that's a binding agent you just use whatever binding agent you have. So yeah. I ended up kind of curating down what I use most frequently or what our family likes to use. And so now anytime a, a flour is called for, I use whole wheat flour. Anytime it's saying something, you know, wants to add sugar, sometimes I just do maple sugar. Um, these are just obviously little examples, but there's there's always something you probably have on hand that can be a replacement for something that's in a recipe. So recipes shouldn't be daunting to you just because it has a couple ingredients you may not have or may not have heard of because likely something in your pantry will work 
we didn't do this in the beginning. We definitely bought the exact item that the recipe called for, and we ended up with like seven dip- different types of sugar and four different types of flour. And then I think you know, I'm still going through all the flour. Like, yeah. we when we reorganized our pantry, like I got rid of a ton of them, but I'm still trying to find a use for a couple of them. So that again, I still have. learn from our mistakes. Um, you know, if if you've got you know one you know interchangeable ingredient like flour or some sweetener yeah. like that you've, you usually have on hand just use that and it's see also if it less works. stressful yeah. because when so i when i had to go back to the store when i had to go to the store again or it's just it's more money it's more time simplicity more over complexity you know we're not uh, we're not master chefs here you know we wouldn't claim to be that but uh, in terms of simplicity over complexity just just try to make it easier on yourselves and learn a base recipe so kind of like with the pancakes that we just talked about, right? Yeah. Like, you know, I know how to make the base. And so I can kind of add and, and dress up it however I want. Same thing with like overnight oats. Um, you know, they you can generally just find like, here's the base recipe. And then you can add all the fun ingredients you want. You can change it up. You can do what's in on hand. And then you don't really need a recipe. You get really comfortable with just those, you know, the original three ingredient. Yeah. Um, some last couple tips. We can go through these ones pretty quick, but um, and some of them we don't even do cook in bulk, always cook a little bit extra, just use it over the next couple of days. You know, if we're doing like a, a pasta dish, we, we, we almost always cook like two boxes and we'll just save some for, for lunch and dinner, like another day in the week. Um, chop and prep the veggies and other foods after coming home from the store on the same day. Have we done this once? Yes, we have. It's more that I, I wish done. we I could do this so. with more consistency. <laughs> I don't remember ever doing it. We always talk about doing it. Oh, definitely. We're going to bring home all these groceries. We're going to cut everything up. The one it. thing that I have a hard time never do it. doing is butternut squash because that thing is hard to cut, but <laughs> it doesn't stop me from buying them. I usually just leave them on the counter until you do you it. You wait till yeah, every time. Yeah. <laughs> all the big produce, you wait for it until I cut it. I'll take the bell peppers. You can take the butternut squash. Yeah, thank um, you. Even, yeah. even split here. Yeah, so that's one that we would recommend. We still don't do it. But that would certainly be helpful when, you know, if you're really loathing the 50 minute, um, you know, cooking on a Tuesday night, it's helpful. if We eat cut a up. lot more vegetables when we do that, though, because think about when when we do get hummus and we decide to cut up a bunch of vegetables, you know, pr- like ahead of time. All of a sudden I'm snacking on vegetables and hummus That's because true. it's there. That's true. I definitely you know eat more when they're already prepped. I would also say that even with the purple carrot or any other recipe that we do, uh, a lot of times, almost half the time of prepping and cooking is the cutting up the vegetables yeah. and like peeling the garlic and everything else. So if that's already done for the most part, it's like, I mean, you might be able to cook some of these really nice meals in 20 minutes, you know, mm-hmm. less than 30 minutes. Um, all right. So uh, I want to briefly talk about, I want to leverage your expertise on, you know, what you, what you work on with clients, you know, again, you know, you're the nutritionist. So, um, you know, we talked a lot about tips. We talked a lot about uh, what we used to eat, what we eat now, some people listening are probably struggling with trying to make some small transitions. Like how do you even start? Like if you're, if you're talking, if you're working with someone, what's your process for helping this person understand nutrition and and what they can do? Yeah. Well, I I first should say like this, it's ironic that this is so hand in hand with the conversation we have with plant-based is very much in hand with veganism because um, improving your nutrition means eating less animal, animal foods. Mm -hmm. So what I'm, what I recommend is really how to maximize your nutritional intake. Uh, so you don't necessarily have to do steps two and three. You can just take all of the food you're eating and if it's terrible for you and just get the vegan versions. Um, but I am going to go through basically how I would recommend maximizing nutrition along with that. So you're saying if you, you like to have burgers and nuggets and some ice cream every once in a while or whatever it is, just swap those out for the, yeah, the I'll vegan get, versions. I'll okay. get into that. Okay. But yeah, there, there's just, there's a difference between plant-based and, and vegan, but, um, so 
first step I would say generally, and it sounds, it sounds kind of fringe, but if you can journal what you're eating and just get a sense for like, what do you eat in a week? This is generally what I have like would recommend with clients because I also just need to know what you're eating in a week in order to give you, you know, strong recommendations. Um, but you figure out what you, you, you eat in a week. What are the, what are the dishes that you tend to turn to most? What are the indulgences you tend to turn to most? What do you snack on the most? And step one would just be, what are the, what are the vegan versions of those things? So if you're eating, you know, a sandwich every day for lunch, or you happen to snack on, um, I don't know, chips and salsa, like I do, whatever it is, like just is it vegan already? And if it's not, then what can you, you go out and find some? Are you eating lime rice chips? You know, <laughs> exactly. um, and if so, try to find some vegan versions because you know this this uh, one brand really screwed me over. <laughs> and then my actually my recommend along with that that first step would be to find the brand that you actually like because think about how long or how many different cheese brands you and I have tried before we really nailed down the ones that you and I like most. And and I I think something else to just that I would chime in here would be. Even if you're sw- swapping something out that's the same food but just the vegan version, it might taste different. It's probably going to taste different because you're not eating an animal. Um, but, you know, anytime you change up something that you've been doing for a long time, it's going to taste a little different. You might be like, oh, I don't want to do this. But trust trust us. After a couple weeks at the at the latest, it's going to start to just be like, okay, yeah, this is these are my new nuggets or burgers or ice cream or burritos, whatever it is, like, you, you won't miss those things. Just trust me. So I think that's one of those things. You're just going to have to go on a limb with us here. Your your body and your taste buds adjust to what you're eating. Right. And a lot of people have adjusted their taste buds to need salty and sweet and fat in yeah. like every single meal. Um, and yeah, so you're, but over time, over a few weeks, maybe a couple months, your taste buds will change. You will not crave those foods that you used to crave. Um, so step one, you replace exactly what you're eating with just a version that's not made with animals. Now, step two, like I said, uh, on a more of a like nutrition side, um, how to Im- improve more whole foods, more you know, phytonutrients in what you're eating, would be you take those same things, but then you swap them out for not only the vegan version, but the healthier vegan version. So, you know, we give an example of if you're eating pasta, you know, pasta tends to be vegan. Um, but there are there's a, a big difference between eating white pasta and eating a whole grain pasta or eating a bean pasta. So you make out swaps like that, um, add in. So like what you, you mentioned, like we tend to add greens into our pasta sauces or we add veggies into our pasta. So if you eat spaghetti every Wednesday and you're normally just eating white, white noodles and, and sauce, add in some veggies, you're right. Make, make the, the noodles, whole wheat noodles. And the amount of nutrition that you get in that meal is so far beyond what you had before. Stay tuned for more tips like this for sneaking nutrition to your kids' meals. Yeah, we'll do a whole episode on that. It's my favorite thing to do. Um, and then that takes us down to step three, which is just you need to branch out a little bit. So, you know, we've talked a lot about um, finding some people that give you good recipes or maybe you get a meal service or maybe you go to a restaurant. But essentially just get used to what meals can taste like that are are fully plant-based. Find things that you do enjoy and start swapping those in for the things that you were used to eating before. So if you're used to eating chicken nuggets, you know, you first go for a vegan chicken nugget, then you're going for uh, a vegan chicken nugget that happens to be made with like kale mashed up in it or something, you know, right. like one of like the fringe ones. Um, and then you go to a, you know, a restaurant and you have this like amazing cauliflower dish or something and you decide like the texture is there, the taste is there and you can start swapping out that meal maybe a couple times a week with something far healthier. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's just, I mean, the, the amount of how resourceful we are now relative to when we first started this. I mean, I think there was a night 
not too long ago where we had this cauliflower head that we, you know, needed to get rid of. And we're like, what are we going to do with this thing? Like, I don't, you know, we don't want to spend a lot of time doing this. I think I steamed it and then blended it with like a, a splash of plant milk and we made cauliflower mashed potatoes. And it was right? so good. And it was delicious, right? And we made some, we, we sauteed some mushrooms for like five minutes, threw them on there. It was, it was really good. So I think it's one of these things, like, don't think you're going to be perfect right away. We're still learning. You're probably going to screw up. That's okay. Um, and uh, you will get better. I mean, it's really just one of those things. Like, you just have to keep uh, testing new things, trying new things, and finding staples that you really like. But anytime someone asks me for a you know, recipe that I recommend, it's like... <laughs> I, I just Google, you know, I just Google vegan lasagna, vegan pizza, vegan, whatever it is. There's a, there is a vegan version of readily it readily available now, readily available. It's so easy, even easier than it was just four years ago when we started. So, um, don't be afraid to just, you know, really just Google it because we, we do the same thing. Um, all right. So I think we covered those final three steps. Uh, anything else that, you know, you would say you've come up with working with people that's been like really challenging that you'd you know, kind of recommend for, you know, for listeners. Um, we didn't really talk about it, but I mean, I guess going places that don't have overt vegan options. Yeah, I guess we should touch on that. Um, how do you, how do, I'll, I'll let you go first in terms of how, you know, whether it's work or family, they say, hey, we're going out to dinner. Uh, we're going to this place. What do you do? Yeah. Well, first you look on the line to see if the menu has, you know, vegan options. And if it's not clear, I call. I ask. Right. And if there's nothing that they can do, which is rare, there's almost always... I don't always think I've ever... Ha- I've never called a place and have them say, like, we've got nothing for you. Because everyone has sides. And <laughs> you can use a bunch of sides there, to make a meal there, in, th- in, like, I think there have been some work needs. dinners that I've been to where they, there just really wasn't much aside from, like, them just steaming some vegetables, which just annoys me. And so then I think something that we have done in the past... Um, we also do this because we're somewhat frugal and sometimes we just don't want to pay for big dinners. We would just pregame the dinner and just eat something yeah. beforehand. Like we'd cook something ourselves, yeah. eat an early dinner at like five, go out with everybody at, you know, six or six thirty or something and then have like share an appetizer that, you know, we could, we could eat. Yeah. So I'd say worst case scenario. Yeah. You can, you can pregame dinner so that you don't have to have a full meal. But, um, I mean, before that I would even just look up similar restaurants, you know, yeah. to whatever they've recommended that have vegan options. And I would just recommend or ask if we can go there instead. There's almost always a pasta dish, a rice dish, uh, like a stir fry vegetable dish. Like there's almost always something. So, um, you know, just you just have to ask. And, you know, you just say, like, do you have any vegan options of anything? Can you do anything? You Normally, the sh- I mean, a lot of times the, sh- the chef um, usually kind of like yields to you there and then we'll put Again, something up. Again, far more now than yeah. I think a few years ago even. I, I really, I don't even have an example for this anymore because it's, e- it's been that long. It's that a lot easier than certain family events where we've gone and, you know, we've told an aunt or an uncle, like, you know, oh, you know, do you have any vegan options? And they're like, well, what is that? What do you mean? What is vegan? What is vegan? I think someone asked us, what is vegan? What before, is vegan? Yeah, <laughs> um, so uh, restaurants are a little bit easier than the family outing sometimes. Um, but uh, I think that's it for, for now. So let's, let's, let's wrap this up. Any questions, comments uh, on this episode? Um, you know, feel free to email those to veganvowsinfo at gmail.com. Um, you know, thank you again for all the support that, uh, you know, everyone's kind of, you know, given us so far. Uh, subscribe on Spotify, Apple iTunes, wherever you get your podcasts. Leave us a review. It's really helpful for us as we get started here. Five stars, five stars. Five stars, yes, please. Uh, really helpful and supportive. Um, and we'll be back with an episode, another episode next week. Eat plants. <laughs>